last hidden in his doctor's I hold here the application, Dr. Mesmer. You have applied for permission to terminate your research here at the hospital. I understand that you wish to undertake medical practice in the infected areas outside the city, knowing full well that the Academy of Doctors has decided that no treatment can be given for this disease. because the only thing which they were instinctively doing was going under the water because of this phosphor, because it was burning somehow, obviously, on the skin or something, and they went down just to get their, you know, their head off to breathe. Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And it is the end of February. We have discussed women in crisis all month long. And there's another crisis all year long as uh, by the end of the year we will have discussed a dozen Lars von Trier movies. Explorative movie journey we call the year of von Trier. Because mm-hmm. this year is going to suck. It's already sucking. Yes, Lars von Trier movies were moving on to the second part of his Europe trilogy. Mm-hmm. The, some deep cut Von Trier. Uh, we're discussing the 1987 film Epidemic. It is written by Lars Von Trier. You know, he just 
shoved the Vaughn in that name. He wasn't born Von Trier. And also <laughs> written crazy. and also written by Niels Vorsel, who and they also star in the movie. This is a movie with a movie within it. So I made a comment when we were watching that this feels like his he made his first movie second and his second movie first. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call this student film level. This is way sharper and a little He's got a good eye for things. I would say it's a bit more advanced than your basic student film. It is funny. It's funny, and it, but it also, to me, does definitely feel like... A little tedious. It's a little tedious, and there's the idea of... A little self-smug. Yes. Like, like these two men are playing themselves in this movie, writing a movie, and the idea, just that idea, feels to me very film school. Yeah, yeah. You know, what do we write about? I don't know. Let's write about us writing about a movie. Right. You yeah. know? And and they obviously are having a great time together. That does seem like an early movie idea. When really it should be an idea after you've made ten movies. I guess he does utilize pretty well for what he's got. For the mm-hmm. budget, you know, he doesn't have a lot of. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, the movie is kind of sharp. But Lars and Neil, they wrote a movie called The Cop and the Whore. Which also happens to essentially be the element of crime, the movie we talked about last month. Right. And there's a guy coming to pick it up. But the file is corrupted, and when they try to print it out, it stops. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting around, and they're trying to think up, like, okay, well, let's just write it again. But they can't seem to remember what happened in the beginning, middle, or end. They kind of remember the end. They don't even know if the whore is at the beginning of the the screenplay. (laughs) Now, when they're <laughs> when they're talking through this movie and they're traveling around trying to get inspiration for this movie, they they have five days to write this screenplay. They've spent two years writing the cop and the whore, yeah, and now they have five days before the screenplay is supposed to be picked up. They're going to outline onto the wall, mm-hmm. but they do it with paint. They go to the corner of their room on a white wall and they paint like an outline line, and then they start to do uh, paint. Where musical cues are going to go in, where characters come in. Yeah, where where like beats of the story happen. And Not they, on a piece of paper. They painted it on the wall. And in a corner. Yeah. And they even say to each other at one point, oh, we're not going to be able to read this. Yeah. But they just keep going. And, and, and Niels is painting. Lars is holding a pen. But they don't use the pen. There's also paint, like, kind of all over the apartment. Von Trier and Niels, they seem to be slick shitting and grinning through this whole movie. Like, they are aware of the absurdity of their own movie. Mm-hmm. And it almost comes off as a little smug. Yeah, for sure. A little too too into what's going on themselves. I actually think that also is why it feels like a student film. Because it's like, we're so smart. Yeah. We're so smart. And they're also talking about the, like, let's have a religious commentary so we can say something funny about that. Mm-hmm. They tell you everything that's going to happen in the movie. Oh, they tell you the end of the movie. Yeah, but way before it gets there, there's not yeah. really any surprises. So as they're going around and they're they're traveling, they go to Germany and they tell each other weird stories and they've got these friends in their lives that appear in the movie as characters. We cut to scenes of the movie where Von Trier is playing this doctor who's assigned to go beyond these walls of a town mm-hmm. that is that has been racked with a pandemic. And he's like holding a rope on a uh-huh. helicopter, just going like down a field or something. Yes. They, they rented a cop. Heli- that's two helicopters in a row rented. 
um, for the Europe trilogy here. And when they they decided what the movie was called before they even had an idea about the movie, and when they typed it ep- out the word epidemic on the typewriter, it appears at the top left of the screen and in red. And it this never is a black leaves. and white film. And it never leaves. It never leaves. Also, so it says the title of the movie in the top left corner throughout the entire movie. The whole thing also, from the point in which they decide what they're going to write about. Interesting because they also in like the real world, it's very grainy. The, oh, the film. Uh, another all one color. More of a pure black and white where Element of Crime was like a sepia tone. Yes, yes. and But when they're doing the movie, it's clearer mm. and in English. I feel like the concept that they come up with is the prequel to Element of Crime. Like a pandemic, a disease. What happens that makes it that way? All yeah. of these cities in Central Europe. It seems like we're. it is a weird prequel to Element of Crime. And Element of Crime... Also, very European, and yet everyone was also speaking English in that movie as yes. well. Kind of makes sense that the movie within the movie, everyone is speaking English. So that's an interesting touch. It's not a total shit film, and no. I kind of admire certain ways in which it's clever. Yeah. But it's also just kind of... I don't imagine sitting down and watching this one again. No. There is in some ways kind of tedious, and there's times where I'm just sitting there... <laughs> Like, watching the movie, I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. There were a few points where I truly just was yeah. needed it to move a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when they, when they are going to Germany, that part is interesting. And, and there's a guy that tells tells a story that ends up kind of making it into right. the movie. The, the allies wreck this town. And he talks like about people. Birth. He's talking about people in the water screaming. And we see a recreation of that. Mm-hmm. A, a, a dude who drives Von Trier around. He's a little whacked. He ends up being in the movie like as a priest or something. In the relationships they have with people, you know, they've got these shit-eating grins all the time. There's a woman that lives in this apartment with them. And she's very quick to laugh. Very, She's a very loud laugh at the beginning when the screenplay won't print she just thinks it's the funniest thing that ever happened yeah and because it because you know in the translation we're watching it you know obviously it's not in english in that part but it's literally as though it said the cop and the whore a screenplay and she basically says that and loses her shit like she's (laughs) never heard anything funnier they don't even get upset about it yeah yeah, the guy that's driving him around doesn't say any words in the real world. In the movie, he has like a whole speech that he gives at the end. He's like a priest. Young Von Trier is kind of handsome. He's so cute. What they you, both are. What do you think about a young, uh, old Von Trier? He's, I don't know what he looks like. He's looking for, well, like that, but in his 60s, he's looking mm. for a muse. We discussed that in the last Von Trier episode. Right, right. So maybe just because he's older doesn't mean he's lost any of that magic. If you want to throw... Your hat in the ring. See what happens. I mean, no, okay, knowing the types of women that he usually casts in his movies, don't think he'd go for me. <laughs> Half of those women are like, yeah, don't work with him. <laughs> After they come back from Germany, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Lars gets up and goes into the kitchen that's always dirty and asks the woman where Niels is, and he's in the hospital. He had to have a procedure done. And so Lars goes to see him in the hospital and Niels has this like bandage on his neck and he's like, yeah, I had some weird like itchy spots that I had to have removed. Mm. They've been bugging me for a while. And honestly, until I just said it, I didn't realize that that's like part of the whole thing, but it (laughs) is. So there are like little things that almost seem like throwaway 
lines that are important. Well, I mean, it is clever. When describing the epidemic, it's like people get boils and then they they break and they and when the boiled pus comes out in two different colors. Mm-hmm. So they compare it to like a brand they're researching of, like bubonic plague and stuff. They're like, oh, it's like that brand of toothpaste where you right. squeeze it and it's got like these little color strips around the white parts. How do they do that? And they actually cut open uh, the toothpaste brand. I really and like see, that part. And see that the, the strip part is all gathered at the top and then it like swirls into. And so the mystery is solved, but they compared a bursting boil to a brand of toothpaste. Yeah. Which is kind of a funny little bit. It made me want to cut open a toothpaste when, and see. Well, now you don't have to. Because they like did that? it for you. Are I they think all so. like that? Yeah. Okay, maybe they are. The cool thing about the hospital is Niels basically says, hey, I know someone who works downstairs in like the basement and does like autopsies, pathology. Mm-hmm. So you should go talk to him. It could be good for the movie. Like get some research about it. And he goes down there and he's all in a mask and the guy doing the autopsy says, normally we don't wear gloves and masks during this part, but <laughs> we have to because there's been this strange illness happening mm. and – there's these like nodules in people's lymph nodes in like their neck and their groin. And so they actually cut open a guy's like lymph nodes and pull out these like little nodules that yeah. he's grown. And it's like part of this mysterious illness that people are coming down with and dying. That seems to coincide with them writing uh, this screenplay. Yeah. So also Niels has this weird story about getting pen pals from Atlantic City. That was upsetting because they were all very young girls. Yeah. and the He sto- pretended to be like a 15-year-old boy and said he needed a pen pal. The story doesn't end in him sleeping with any of these girls. No, thank but he goodness. meets one. But there's one in which her and her mother come to Denmark where they live. And, he, and it shows a shot of him sitting at the table, but he's wearing this ridiculous fucking wig. That looks like one of our little crappy costume wigs. And he didn't say it was a wig. He said, I had to do my hair so that I looked young (laughs) and acted young. I had to talk about homework. Yeah, it was kind of funny. But the whole premise was he said that he had like written to a newspaper in Atlantic City saying that he was a 16-year-old in Den, 15 or 16-year-old in Denmark who needed a pen pal. Because he said, I wanted to know what it's like in Atlantic City. But I didn't want to go to Atlantic right. City. So I wanted basically someone to write a book for me describing Atlantic City. But I just ended up getting these letters from these young girls. Our story within the story, the movie within the movie, uh, our doctor is played by Von Trier. He comes to discover that the person who's spreading the plague, the patient zero, is the doctor himself. They're actualizing the plague with their screenplay, right? Well, I guess that's the idea is like, did they? So there is a part where in the screenplay, if someone within the house is sick, there is a cross painted on the house. Right. And there is a point where one of them, I think Lars, is talking to the woman. I can't remember her name, Suzanne or something. And out the window, you see someone painting a cross on the building across the way. And there's this disease happening. So do they get this idea because they've heard something? Because it's just like in the cultural, like this is kind of what's happening right now in a way. Or do they manifest it 
And is it their fault because they went to Germany? Are they like passing it all around? Well, because the, is that what Niels was carrying and had to have removed from his neck? The windbreaker guy who they're giving the uh, that guy's fun. The screenplay to he finally it's it's time to come and sit. And they're dressed like they're going to, like, an Oscar party. Truly, the guys are wearing suits. They have their hair, like, Lars von Trier's hair is, like, slicked back. The woman is wearing this gown that looks like a toga The woman that came with the windbreaker guy, yeah. No, she's the woman that lives with them. She made the dinner because she, like, cured some fish or something. So the idea was that she was going to make this, like, really wonderful dinner. Oh, there is also, to me, a very tedious scene early on where they have this guy come over and just talk to them about what wine they should serve this guy. This is the movie where Von Scher literally says in the movie that movies should be like a pebble in the shoe. And so they present Windbreaker Guy with the script, and it's only, like, 12 pages long. And it's very thin. And there's no, they're talking about how like no one actually dies in their script. And he goes off about how there should be more death. Yeah, there should be more death in the scripts. There should be more like this movie is too, too Denmark, too typical of a Danish movie or whatever. Chiding on that. And then he's not convinced. Right. And he's saying the people who invested in this are not going to like this. And they say, we have a surprise for you. And this man and woman show up. And it's this older man and this younger woman. And, and they introduce them and have the same last name. So I assume that she's his daughter. They sit down at the table and very quickly he's like, can we get started? Like, it's very weird how rushed he is for then how long this scene takes. But he hypnotizes her. And what he basically, they've read this. She's read the screenplay, the 12 pages. And he has in the hypnosis tells her to go into that world. So go into the movie of Epidemic and tell me what you see. And so she goes through this long monologue of basically the story that they've been writing. She becomes like manic and starts to scream and it's, a very long, concentrated shot in scene. She's crying and wailing. It is long. It is a long shot. It is. It is a pebble in the shoe scene in which you can't get the pebble out. And, I mean, I get it. I get the approach sometimes, but, but I was just like, uh, halfway through this shot, I was just like, I'm ready for this whole mm-hmm. thing to be over. And she gets boiled. There's a couple things that happen. During it, I think it's Lars looks down at his wrist and his wrist has gone black. Yeah. And he kind of covers it. Oh, I don't know what's happening, but I don't want anybody to notice this. But yeah, she's like she's like crying and wailing and has her hands on her neck. She pulls away. Full boils. And then everyone starts to break out in boils and they're like vomiting blood on the wall. And yeah, they all die of the contagion by the end of the movie. The end. <laughs> he should have been, they should have been smiling while they were throwing up blood. Like laughing? Yeah, like they were doing like this whole movie. The whole movie is them being like. We're so smart. <laughs> we're so clever. And they're kind of making fun of their themselves a little bit as well. Yeah. Like I get what they were doing here, but um, I don't know if I'm going to revisit this movie. And in the whole uh, Von Trier ouvoir, he does show some skill here. Yes. This is a comedy, and it's not without some humor I, right. I, that I can appreciate, but I would call it fairly mid. 
I agree that it's fairly mid. I like it more after having talked about it. During it, it felt more tedious to me. Looking back, I can see what he was doing. Is this Danish Clerks? <laughs> sure. Is this as close to Danish Clerks? Well, cler- well he's not, they're not Clerks, but... No, but I'm glad you pointed out the pebble thing, because I think that is the whole idea of this movie, is what can I make people sit through? Oh, I'm going to tell them how it's going to end, so there's going to be zero surprises. Mm. I'm going to do everything but sit down and write a script, though I need to write one. And when he's going to write one, it's like going to be basically the most rough draft, barely there thing ever. If you're a deep cut nerd about this shit, then I would recommend going to check it out. But we are going to finish our judgment here on Epidemic. Mm -hmm. One through five each combined for best out of ten. I don't know. I'm torn between a 2.75 and a 2.5. Mm, I was sort of like between a... I'm a, I'm a 2.75. I almost said three, but that's too much. I think a 2.75 is good. Because it does uh, accomplish things a little bit more than straight down the middle. But it's still just like, all right, we'll just be moving on to the next thing. We get it. So 2.75, that is a 5.5. When they're on their road trip... One of the tiny details I really loved was Lars is driving and Niels is typing on the typewriter on the dashboard of the car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, there's little moments like that that that's what gives it that extra like 0.25 for me. Probably the hardest movie to talk about that we've done so far. Oh my far. God, yeah. Isn't it? Yes. It'll get a little easier as we get deeper into the Von Trier, but these early ones, he's really trying something. And uh, it is unique for sure, especially for... A guy so early in his career. But uh, a 5.5 is a C. We only have um, one other movie in the 5.5 category. Mm. And that movie is, I'll show it here. It's Black Hat, the uh, the Michael Mann uh, Thor movie that has Thor in it. Yeah, honestly, if I had to rewatch what I might, that might be the only movie I'd watch Epidemic over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you watch it over? Well, 5.25 is uh, The Sweetest Christmas and The Brides of Dracula. I would watch Brides of Dracula over Epidemic. I would too. But I, you're right. I'd probably watch Epidemic over Black Hat. Mm-hmm. As much as I enjoy Michael Mann, I wasn't as enthralled with that one as no. much. No. Uh, but we'll just leave it as is. We can flip totally. things around later. Uh, like, if anything, <laughs> we may increase Brides of Dracula later. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> take those down. Bro, I at least have fun with those Hammer Horror Draculas. Oh, even, so much. Even if they're not that great, I still think they're kind of fun. I still want to go back and watch the rest of the Draculas. Well, you're only allowed to watch those at Halloween. Right. So no other time. You can't. You can't just grab your own DVDs and just sit and watch on your own time. You're Dude, not allowed have- to do that. We occasionally watch movies just for fun these days. It doesn't happen that often. No, but like nothing's stopping you. Yeah. Nothing's really stopping I you. did watch the second Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, see, there you go. What would you rate it? I think I'd give it a 3.5. Okay. I actually... Think I like it more than the first one. Oh wow! I don't know what I gave the first one, but well, that would probably score higher than Epidemic. I would just guess, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Lars. We knew we knew watching your shit's going to be challenging, and I got to say, this one, 
was challenging to summarize. So uh, check the show notes for links in other places to find us. I can picture the characters in Epidemic just sitting there smiling at me mm-hmm. while I'm sitting there trying to describe their weirdo fucking movie. Yes, show notes, links, find us there. <laughs> More Von Trier. Uh, tomorrow, I believe it is tomorrow, we begin our March month. It's similar to Halloween Hump Fest in that it's every day during the weekday. It's all film noir. I'm calling it the left hand endeavor. Isn't that a cool title? Mm-hmm. And that starts tomorrow where we discuss one of the more well regarded. Uh, it's a Billy Wilder movie, Double Indemnity. So come back here tomorrow. That's what we're talking about. In the meantime, what a wonderful month it's been. And uh, as soon as uh, uh, Film Noir Month is over, we will hit up another Von Trier movie. Yes. The third in the Europe trilogy. And hopefully it's a little easier to talk about than this one. So like, subscribe, leave a comment, correction, fun facts, whatever you want to do. I think we can use Death to All Traitors for the Von Trier movie. That's what I was thinking. Death to All Traitors. Epidemic, we all fall down. Epidemic, we all fall down. Epidemic.